Welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. Nate discusses various topics through the eyes of a young Christian. The goal is to invite others to learn about Christianity through casual conversations with wonderful guests, especially people who want to grow in their faith. Maybe I want to be the passenger princess. You know what I'm saying? Drive me around. Before this episode begins, remember that none of us are perfect and that we are here to learn and help each other grow. Feel free to donate to Nate through Cash App at Imperfect Podcast. Make sure to follow the Imperfect Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. We hope you take something great away from this episode. Enjoy! Welcome back to another episode. Uh, my name's Nate. If you haven't met me, met me, I'm the host of the Imperfect Podcast, and I'm joined with my guest today, Riley. Riley, go ahead and introduce yourself. How y'all doing, everybody? My name is Riley Conwell. Uh, fourth year at the University of Cincinnati, industrial design major, originally from Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else I need to add or is that good? No. Hey, whatever you want. Tell them tell them whatever you want. You can show off. I don't care. Oh shoot, let me put my hat on first. Oh my gosh. But um yeah, no. Uh I'm, I'm pretty heavily involved in the campus community, in the outside community. I'm currently the president of the National Panhellenic Council at the University of Cincinnati, previously served as the president of the Alpha Alpha chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Um, I'm a base mentor, which is a mentor. It's a mentoring program for first year students of color coming into the program um, or coming into the university. I'm also a DAP ambassador. So the school that I attend is the College of Design, Architecture, Art, and Planning. Um, and so I'm an ambassador. So I get to also show first years um, who are coming in or thinking about coming into DAP or any major like that. I get to show them around, see studios where we spend about 23 hours of our time and get an hour of sleep. So, but that's just a little about me. All right. Well, we're going to go and get into the topic today. Today's topic is um, giving back to the community and reaping and sowing. And I don't usually do this in my episodes. I haven't done this before, but I got Bible verses. Uh, so first, I just want to say something I live my life by is reaping and sowing. And if you don't know what reaping is, then I'll give you these two verses. Uh, Galatians, well, I'll give you these two passages of verses. Galatians 6, 6 through 6, 10. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Don't be, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. In Second Corinthians 9, verses 10 through 11, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and the bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we wait, when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So basically, reaping and sowing is 
you give what you receive. So basically what the verse is saying is if you give out positivity, you're going to get back positivity. If you give out negativity, you're going to get back negativity. If you give out blessing to others, God will also provide you with blessings. But that isn't a way to say that you earn your way to heaven by doing a certain amount of work, a certain amount of reaping and sowing. You're just living out the way of Christ. So that's what reaping and sowing is. And growing up, my parents always give back to those in need. They always pay for people that need things. They'll pay for my friends' food. My friends always come over. They always have a bunch of snacks. And do it unconditionally. Don't ask for anything in return. They do it out of love. And that's something I've done growing up. Uh, I see people in need that may need something. I'll give back to them. Somebody's doing a donation drive, I'll give back to them. One of my friends needs a small purchase. Like if they need food, I'll get them food because I'm not going to watch my friends starve. And, you know, small things like that, just me reaping those small positive acts of service towards the world has definitely benefited me. And I think it's helped me. I don't want to say stand out from others, but it just shows that my unselfish nature has rewarded me because I think some people that have a selfish nature get selfish consequences. Like there's people that'll say, uh, nobody ever gives anything to me. So why should I give anything to any other people? And that's the reason why nobody gives those people because you're so selfish that you're not giving other people things. So how is somebody going to do the same for going to give to you if you're not giving to them? But I'm Randall Riley. What you got to say about that? No, I fully wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, you put in what you want to get out. And it really comes down to how much you value the community that you fostered around you. Um, a lot of the times, people who don't give back haven't had that culture and that nature around them. And so that's why it's really important to understand the people that you're around. Um, if you can give back, um, you will be you will receive that back tenfold. My pastor always told me that when you, you reap what you sow, when the harvest comes and you put in almost all that you've got, you're going to get that back plus more. And my family also lived that out. Um, when I was back in Indianapolis, we used to do this thing called Toys for Tots. Um, and that started, I, it was when I was like in middle school when we, as far as I remember, that's when we first started doing it. And we did it all the way up until um, I left for college. So that's like five plus years that we're giving back. And um, it's really showed me. And every time that I've done it, it really shows me how you can change somebody's life just with like one simple act. Um, Toys for Tots, if you don't know, it's a program where, or now it's called something different, but Toys for Tots, it was a program where you will, some people around the community would donate toys various types of toys for all different types of ages. I know it goes from toddler all the way up to 16 and up. And so they would donate toys as Christmas gifts for um, the people who are less fortunate to kind of make their Christmas better because Christmas is a time of joy, a time of giving, a time of celebration. And so it, 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 makes, you, it makes you happy inside once you see that, like you really handed this child something that they've been dreaming of for the past year. And while, yes, we get the chance to have all these toys and all these gifts, and we're fortunate enough to be able to wish for this and get it, some people don't have that luxury. Some people are um, in a situation where they can't receive that much in order to give back. And so 
that's where we come in as um, servants of the Lord, where we can respect somebody enough to give them the same that we receive and that we understand that when we give to people, we will be able to receive something back. So I've always lived by that part, that part, my, that principle. I'm sorry. I've always lived by that. And I continue to push that in my everyday life when I move. Yeah, I know what Toys for Tots is. I know my sister and my mom used to do that with her little cheerleading. I'm sorry, not her little cheerleading, her cheerleading group. Uh, and when I was, me being a Boy Scout, that taught me a lot about giving to others. We had this thing called Operation Christmas Child. And it's basically the same thing where they'll give us a shoe, kind of like a box the size of a shoe box. And they say, fill it up with whatever toys you want. And every year in Boy Scouts, we would do that, and we would fill it to the brim. And at a young age, I didn't understand what we were doing. Like, I, I was just putting toys in there. But when I got to high school, I don't know if my school still does it. I don't even remember what the name of the uh, actual donation process is called. But around Christmas time, because we used to have these things called these things called mentor groups where different people from different grades would come together in one group under one staff member. And around Christmas time, they would say, you're, you're, um, you're getting gifts for so-and-so, maybe a three-year-old little boy or a 12-year-old little girl. And these families are families that are in poverty. They need help. And they, have a, they also have a food drive and a clothing drive. So I remember the first time I did it, I got assigned... I think it was a seven-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy. And the list was the girl wanted a doll and the kid wanted Legos, I think. And my mom took me to the store to buy the stuff. I was like, all right, let's just get something cheap and small because they'll like it. And my mom was like, there's no way you're getting the cheapest, smallest thing. There's no, no thought behind that. There's no good intention that you're putting into this. She was like, get this big doll set and get this big Lego set. I was like, that's kind of expensive and that's kind of big. I don't know how I'm going to... And we had like a size restriction too. So I was like, how am I going to maneuver this around the school and get it to the donation place? So I took it. She got it. I took it to the school. And my principal, Mr. Hanson, he saw me, he's like, Nate, is that your big box that you got for a little kid? I was like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It's too big. He's like, no, what do you mean you're sorry? That's like the greatest thing you could do. And yeah. I never got to meet those kids. But like from there, it kind of taught me like go out of your way to do the big things better than the little things. And yeah. that's something that as I've gotten older, I've matured and realized I live a comfortable life compared to others. Not to say that I'm spoiled or anything like that, but I've lived financially stable, never had to worry about money because my parents put in a lot of work to make sure me and my sister lived a comfortable life. Same for my grandparents. They did the same for us. So I look at other people. I'm like, you know, I have so-and-so. Let me stop complaining about my little circumstances. Let me see how I can improve these other people's lives. Let me donate some of my clothes to this uh, clothing drive. Let me give some of my books to these book drives. Let me let let me help these other people live the life that I live, even if they can't fully be in my shoes. Exactly. And there's been there's been so many times in my life where I've been provided the opportunity to give back to others, and just really that's my favorite thing to do. Just giving back. 
like seeing other yeah. people smile that just really helps lift my spirit too oh yeah no. like i remember and i know we're talking about the past but i mean even this past year like i said i'm in my fourth year but i'm still trying to give back as much as possible even though i'm trying to figure out what's what's next in store for me what god has in store for me um this past thanksgiving um, our graduate chapter up here held this um, Thanksgiving drive, this turkey drive, where um, people who may have not had the funds or couldn't find enough turkey or at least a meal for Thanksgiving, like, that's what we do. We give that out for them. And a lot of times, like, they're the less fortunate people that may not have had enough time or money um, on their hands in order to make sure that their family eats good or has a great time during Thanksgiving and it's just the, the small things like you say it's the small things the little things like things that you may think oh well it's 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 not that much to me like yeah we're comfortable we've been living comfortable but um sometimes we may feel like we may be desensitized to the things that we've experienced for such a long time that may change somebody's whole life and so like as simple as a turkey or some stuffing for Thanksgiving could make somebody smile for the next week when maybe we not we may not have had enough compared to the past Thanksgivings, we kind of take that for granted. Um, something as small as that is, it changes somebody's life. So we have to make sure we keep that in our minds and our hearts whenever we do something. Like make sure that we we understand that we we've been living comfortably and we can't take it for granted because it could change somebody else's life. Yeah, like even the small things, are like you said, those are so impactful, and that just makes me think about when you're at grocery stores or some sort of store where you're doing checkouts and they'll be like, you want to round up to donate to charity or donate to so-and-so. And it may be like one cent, it may be 96 cents, but people, when I used to work at some retail stores, I would, because they would tell you, you got to ask that. So I would ask that, like, you want to round up seven cents to donate? And they're like, no, no. And in my mind, I was like, you're, I'm not like, I'm not trying to judge anybody's financial situation. Like if you can't, if you're not in a situation to give, then okay, that's respectable. But I'm sure you can give up one penny for somebody that has nothing or yeah, for no, a like, greater cause. Come on now. We don't even, uh, let's be honest. How many of us still have a piggy bank? Not a lot of us. And so a lot of the times when we like, when we think about rounding up to the dollar, we may be like, oh, that's, that's a little more money than I was expecting to go spend. But, I mean, are you really going to use those, like, 30 cents, like, in yeah, the man. next two days? No, you're going to forget right. about it. It's going to be in your car holder, and it's going to, like, go it, – it's not going to be used as much. And I can – I even throw myself in there. I'm a victim of it. Like, I'll, I'll go to the store, they be like, do you want to round up for charity? I, I, I would be like, I don't know if I want to do that because that's more money that's coming out of my pocket and I don't know where it's going, but in the end, it's still benefiting somebody. And so I have to get out of that mindset. I have to be like, well, it's not a lot of money to me, but it's a lot of money to them. If you think about a few years ago, at McDonald's, McChicken is only a dollar. Like that's a hundred pennies. And let's be honest. Do you have a hundred pennies in your car? And you're not giving that to somebody who could really use that meat chicken. It's 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 something that we have to change in society. Like a lot of times we don't think about it in a certain way. And I'm the victim of it, of course, like I said. But it's it's a it's a process thing. We can't immediately just try and change our mentality over the meat chicken. We gotta 
we got it. We got it worked through some place, but yeah. You're a clown. There's no way you bought them a chicken. I'm sorry, but like when you really think about it, a value like a value meal literally costs like two, three dollars a few years ago. Now, I mean, there's no value menu. It's like a three dollar value menu. How's that? How's that value? What happened to our value? But, yeah, no, they with prices in the prices in the country are just out of this world. It's it's ridiculous. You can't you can't go even if you're a broke college student. Like it's hard, but yeah, we're working through it though. Yeah. But I'm not gonna lie, some people like it is questionable like to where your money is going. Like some people be like like they may be on shit, hey, can you give back to charity, blah blah blah. But you don't know where it's going. So you make like what charity? And then those guys, oh charity. Yeah. Now nah, I don't know where my money's going. Even those people that be at the uh the red lights on the streets or just be like holding the signs up, my family needs money. I remember this one time in middle school, I was going to, he was on a bus going to our basketball game. There was a dude on the street begging for money. So we drive up, we drive about, we drive to a whole different city. And we see the same dude get out of a car and go to the red light and ask for money. So from that moment on, I was like, oh, maybe these people aren't homeless. I remember when I was younger, I used to think, where'd you get the car? Where'd you get the marker for to buy on the cardboard box? How'd you, how'd you put out the pictures to put on the cardboard box? When you get the tape to put on the cardboard box? But I mean, some nah, people, some right. people, some people do be out there like really needing money because there are times where I'm driving into the same the same road and I'll be at the same red light. I'll see the same person out there begging for money. I'm like, okay, you can't. I don't think you can fake that. It's kind of hard, especially like so. I'll see some people in a wheelchair, literally yeah. that you can tell they can't walk. I'm like, okay, yeah, they they need some help. So like, I don't carry I don't carry cash. All my money is digital. But if I ever do have cash, I do ever have. You gotta you gotta be careful. No, nah, but, yeah, but yeah. Uh, disclaimer: I'm not saying don't donate to charity because obviously that's really important. I've done charity millions of times. Well, not millions. I don't have that type of money yet, but multiple times. But it, it's it's also okay to question where your money is going because at the end of the day, not all people are truthful and think righteously. And so it's kind of like okay to question it, but when you're constantly trying to deny it and not give back, that's when the issue comes through. Because like Nate read, it's important to give back. I mean, you reap what you sow, and so if you sow a lot, you'll reap a lot. It's literally in the Bible. Um, but yeah, some people, some of those people on the streets, I, I definitely do feel for them if they are in that situation. But if you're driving around in the bins begging on the street, that's kind of crazy. So uh, you gotta watch out for him, but yeah, I don't really know it. I, I can't say much about that because personally, I'm glad, and I'm blessed to have not been at, in that position before. But yeah, if you like trying to scam people out of like their emotional goodness, that's kind of weird. So. Yeah, and you know, I need to pull up this verse uh, because you can give to people you can give to charity but it's kind of also about your intent like if you're doing it just say oh i gave back i did something good then yes you may have materialistically give you may have materialistically given back but your heart isn't where it's supposed to be 
Second Corinthians nine seven says, "Each one must give. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver." Not yeah. don't gotta go too deep into that. Just to say, have the right intent. Don't just say, don't do it just to say I did it. You gotta have the actual desire to help somebody, and that's not just so that you can help somebody. It's just that so you can build the character of having a unselfish heart, being an unconditional giver, someone that wants to help other people. Yeah, like nice. when I was, what was it? When I was in Boy Scouts working on uh, my Eagle Scout project, I had to do. My project was, uh, I remember what it was called. Basically, I collected toiletries to fill 300 bags to give to uh give to a homeless shelter so i stood outside me and some other people we stood outside of a grocery store asking people for donations cash or actual uh toiletries thankfully after all my donate after all my uh collections all my donation events i got over a thousand dollars in cash and i got I don't remember how many individual items may have been over 500, but I definitely my goal was 300 bags, but I got 324 bags. But through that time, there were people that immediately gave out the kindness of their heart. I asked somebody to write me a hundred dollar check. Uh, people would people would go out their way to walk up to me and go like, uh, what y'all out here collecting for? Like y'all, is there a way I can give back? I'm like, yeah, I'm doing so-and-so. I'm giving back to the homeless. They're like, oh, y'all better speak up because I want to give back. They give me money. They'll give me some donations. I remember this one guy, he walked up. I was like, hey, do you mind donating to my uh, service project and giving back to the homeless? He's like, I don't know. Do you have a kidney to donate to me so that I can live longer? I was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> Keep going with your day. And then there's people that go like, there's people that go like, I mean, I guess I haven't given back to charity in a while. So I guess it's about time that I do it. But like those people with those negative attitudes, those are the people that I'm not gonna I don't know how to say this. They they just need they just need the kindness of God to be shown to them. That's part of reaping and sowing. When people see you giving back to others, or if somebody receives a blessing from you, they'll see the kindness of God. They'll understand why Christians do what they do and are as kind as they are. But yeah. People like that, they just need to understand why we do it. Yeah, no, that kidney kind of comment is crazy. That, asking a child if you have a kidney to give just because you don't want to give back to their service project is kind of crazy. You can just keep walking. I mean, it's not that hard. And so those people, I just don't understand like where they're coming from. Like, if you want, if you want to give back. That's a great thing, and that's something that you need to keep in your heart. But if you don't want to give back, it's not that you have to give back every single time somebody asks you to give back. It's okay to say no. Like like Nate said, it's a, you have to be a cheerful giver. You don't want to give under compulsion. And so if you don't have it in your – if you don't fully have it in your heart to give back, you don't need to give back to that certain situation. But at some point, you do need to understand it is, it is important to strengthen your community and bolster it so that people that are coming through your community will have the foundation to be successful. And so when you constantly try to move away from giving back to your community, that creates a rift between you and God. Because like I said, everything in the, in the Bible says it takes a village to raise a child. And so when you don't have that village around you, 
Like it's really hard for you to succeed in this life. And so being a cheerful giver is a great thing. And we need to focus on that more than like thinking about how does, how does this benefit me? Like not everything has to benefit you. If it's benefiting somebody else, the credit good, that's amazing. Not everything has to like, it, there, it shouldn't be a two way street every single time. So like, you need to focus on the fact that like you're giving to something that's actually positive and not a scam. First off, and then, too, like you're literally giving to something that will bolster somebody's community and set the foundation for them to succeed in the future. Yeah, I need to say this verse to Luke, Luke, Luke 12, verse 33 to 34. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches no moth and no moth destroys. But where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It's literally saying sell, sell your possessions. Now, that doesn't mean, well, sell your possessions and get to need. That doesn't mean give up everything you have. But it's important to understand that everything we have on this earth is temporary and materialistic. The greater good, I mean, the greater purpose in life is to uh, bring others to God and spend eternal life with God. So wait, what this verse is saying Provide with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. That's saying a relationship with God. The treasure is a relationship with God. And when it says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart also be. There will your heart be also. That's saying if your heart is with money, your heart is with money. Your Your heart's with the materialistic things of this earth. But if your heart is with a relationship with God, well, if your treasure is a relationship with God, that's where your heart will be. So focusing on the right things will lead you to a relationship with God and eternal life. But focusing on the wrong things is going to keep you down low with the materialistic things of earth. Just like it all ties back to reaping and sowing. If you put your life towards God, you're going to have blessings from God. If you put your life towards earthly things, your life is going to be of earthly things. Yeah. Let me let me say this because my mom really told me this. Like I said when I was like a sophomore in high school, and it really changed my life. Like money is made to be spent; it's not made to be held. And the way that God's gonna like kind of judge you, because we know He's a judging God. Um, the way that He judges you is how you spend your money. Now, a lot of the times people may be focused on the materialistic pieces. And like buying this and buying that, which okay, it's fine because everybody needs something materialistic. You need a house, you need a car in this society, you need some way to get around, you need some type of transportation. But what it really comes down to is what else do you do with the money? Do you provide for your community? Do you give back? Do you provide them with the materials that they need to get a house or a car like yours or um, get into a space where they'll be financially stable? Or maybe even get the basic needs that they need to survive. Like, do they get soap and water because of your funds and your um, your your gratefulness and your ability to give back? And so, you really have to focus on how you spend your money. It's not the fact that you're making money; it's how you spend your money. Um, and when you sell your possessions, it doesn't necessarily mean sell everything, like Nate said. But in the Bible, Jesus did tell his disciples to give up everything you have and follow me. And so at some point, you have to understand that everything, like Nate said, on this earth is temporary. Like the only permanent relationship that we have in this life is God himself. 
And so when you focus on the materialistic pieces, you're missing out on the permanent relationship. And when you stray from him, it's going to be bad, basically. So you have to make sure that while you have this materialistic stuff that God has given you, that's amazing, but he's giving you it for a reason. He's giving it to you so that you'll be able to provide for the people that's coming after him, and that will make him pleased, and that will make him happy. You know, I don't remember the verse exactly. I'm trying to look it up. I think it says a man who can't sell his treasures won't be able to get into heaven. I think I know what you're talking about. I forgot the verse, but I'm going to look it up. Uh, hold on. I think I found it. Um, well, it's basically Jesus repeating this verse in Luke that I just read. It might actually be like along the same lines. Matthew 19, 21 through 24. Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When a young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. And Jesus said to his disciples, truly, I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's what you were talking about, too. But yeah. that's a clear instruction from Jesus to give to the poor, give to the needy. Don't prioritize your earthly possessions. Now, when he says give up your riches and stuff like that, he's not literally saying sell your house, be homeless, and only follow me. That's unrealistic. <laughs> but he's saying don't prioritize those things. Make sure you use it properly But and follow me. Put me first in your heart, not your money. Not any other exactly. materialistic thing. Exactly. You know, I'm going to, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up, uh, not completely wrap it up here, but I'm going to end by reading all these verses that, in the Bible, that clearly show that you're supposed to give back to the needy, starting with Proverbs, verse 11, Proverbs 11, 24 to 25, get freely and become more wealthy, be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper, those who refresh others will refresh them, will themselves be refreshed. Another example of reading and sowing, Acts twenty thirty five, and all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way we must help the weak, and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how He Himself said, it "Is more blessed to give than to receive." Luke six thirty eight, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure with you, use it will be measured back to you. Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 11, mm. you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Matthew 10, 8, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leapers, cast out demons. You receive without paying, give without pay. I could go on and on. I'm just looking at a website full of verses that talk about giving back. But all throughout the Bible, pretty much by any topic, you can find verses that support that. But it clear cut says, give back. Use what God has given you and use it to build up his creation. So 
Before we completely end it, Riley, I have 10 questions for you that you can answer yeah. any way you'd like. Okay. All right. What's your favorite food? Ooh, salmon. Huh? Salmon. Salmon? That's a first. Where do you where do you see yourself in 10 years? Um, so my plan short term is to obtain a job as a designer and a production firm. Um in 10 years, I definitely feel that I'll be able to have um, either own my own company or be a lead designer in a Fortune 500 company. I know I have that potential. What's your favorite college memory so far? Homecoming. Homecoming. Every mm -hmm. time. Every I year? I'd say... <sighs> Man, I don't... Actually, I will say last year's homecoming. So, like the year before, homecoming 2020. Was that 2022? 2023. I think. 2023. Yeah. So, 2022, 2023 school year. That was probably my favorite homecoming so far. That was amazing. Who's your favorite athlete? Any Giannis sport? Antetokounmpo. Whoa. Whoa. That's my favorite athlete. What's your biggest fear? I'm not going to say the fear of failing because everybody has a fear of failing. I will say I am very afraid of bees. And it's not just because they make that little buzzing sound that you'll hear from a fly if you don't know which one it is. Um, it's the fact that when I was younger, I got stung. I've actually been stung twice by a yellow jacket. So I had gotten stung right in the middle of my finger right here. And then what was, I think it was my middle finger. I got stung on the side when I was younger. Like I was really young. I've been traumatized ever since. So like wow. bees, wasps, hornets, typically hornets because they're so aggressive. But bees, wasps, hornets, all of them. All, all the little buzzing flies, the, the grandfathers of flies, I hate them. That's funny. That's me with jellyfish. Not even, not even gonna get into that conversation. How are you scared of jellyfish, bro? Them things are ugly. You don't see them. They're like so deep in the ocean. Like they do stay when you go, when you go to a beach. I've never. I, I've been to a couple beaches. I've never seen a jellyfish. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway, what's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I ever received was from my my godfather or my uncle, as I call him. Um, make sure that you know the company before you try to take over. And what that means is, like, if you're ever trying to get into like an entrepreneurship field or you just want to get into a field in general, make sure to do your research. Research is probably the most important piece that you'll ever do. Like, you need to understand what the company is about, how they operate, what's their culture like, what's the pay like, are you able to progress in the company? You have to do your research before you ever even step towards a company, as even, like, just as an intern or if you're trying to buy the company or you're trying to own your own company, of course, if you're trying to franchise off of the company, 
understand the company culture and what it's about before you even before you even embark in any steps. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite artist? Like artist or artist like music. Like... Drake. Mm-hmm. Got Drake, uh those they call A one. What's your favorite video game? Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Mm. Greatest video game ever made. Classic. What advice would you give to your younger self? I've got three pieces. One, be confident because, I mean, you're a killer. You, you, you're going to be the top boss, so make sure that you're confident and you'll, get, you'll have completely different outlooks on life before you even come to college. Two, stop regretting things. Um, if you don't feel that you're in the best situation, then make sure that you at least get out of there before you start to lose your sanity. Um, and three, make sure that you uh, you set a plan. A lot of the times, you like to wing, you like to wing it, you like to wing stuff. Which, yeah, it's gotten this far, but. Man, in the real world, it gets it gets difficult. So make sure that you set a plan for yourself and start to develop plans for daily life. Like daily life gets very hectic very quickly because you're such an overachiever. Make sure that you set a plan for yourself every day when you wake up. And of course, keep guiding them. I mean, that that's always what me and Brandon do. I'll throw four in there. Keep guiding your life. Who's someone you would like to meet, dead or alive? I love to meet. I love to meet either Kobe or Chadwick Boseman. Kobe, because I mean his mentality is unmatched. I know we talk about the greats and we talk about their like stats and everything. Kobe was different because he just didn't think like you. Like he would outthink you and then make fun of you for outthinking you. Um, Chadwick Boseman, I mean, he was such a great human being, and the fact that he was able to go through so much pain and struggle and like still portray the vision of excellence and make everybody feel happiness or the emotion that he was trying to invoke in his roles. I wanted to understand like how it kind of feels to have that much power over somebody. Like you put yourself aside and you focus on the outside people around you, the people that are really going to be impacted by the job that you're doing. And I would love to kind of understand his perspective and take on that. Yeah, I think both of those people what they have in common is they have a great work ethic. And we see that from Chadwick with his last few years on this earth, like working through those movies, giving back to the community, doing everything you get to do as an actor, promoting movies and stuff, all while not complaining and not using his health condition as an excuse. Even Kobe, like his work, his work ethic is insane. Like people may call him a toxic teammate and stuff like that, but he worked hard. He was dedicated. He was intelligent. Like those two people are very good choices. All right. So before we end, is there anything else you want to say? Nah, man. Keep your Bible right next to you when you lay ahead at night. Read it when you wake up that morning. 
that's really all you need to do and pray dedicate time to God man like I know when I came to college it was extremely tough because it was a whole culture shock like you're coming to a space where you don't have as many rules you have to enforce your own rules for not just yourself but for people you're living with for your friends around you at school like it's extremely difficult and so you kind of lose your way and you have to make sure that like it's going to happen regardless, but you have to make sure that you understand that you need to roll yourself back in. Like, God's not there just to, like, hold you in his hand. Like, he's going to let you experience life for yourself. And he's put the principles and the, the lessons you need to learn all throughout your life. You just need to be able to spot them and learn from them. It's not saying that you're going to be successful at everything. You're going to fail a lot. That's another thing I'm saying. You're going to fail tremendously. But as every successful businessman, entrepreneur, artist, athlete, um, any other career, you're going to fail before you succeed. So don't be discouraged. I mean, you can fail as many times as possible. The previous president, I know we don't talk about him as much, but the previous president went bankrupt five times in a row, still became the president of the United States. So you have to make sure that when you fail, you don't get discouraged and succeed. And also make sure that you're keeping God on track. Like He's gonna, He's gonna guide. He's gonna be the one that's your mentor, even though you may have another mentor in your life. He's the true mentor. And you have to make sure that you're keeping up with Him, speaking about the principles and things that He needs to teach you every single day. That's good. Well, <clears throat> Riley, thank you for being here on this episode. Really appreciate your insight and everything you said, and everyone Amen. watching. If you stuck around, I appreciate you. Make sure you follow the Imperfect Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, everything. You know, may or may not have a sponsorship in the works. May or may not. Oh. May or may oh, not snap. involve Christian clothing. Oh, snap. May or may not. Uh-oh. Or it's more may than not, though. So you better find out. But anyways. Yeah, man. Thank you all for watching, and I'll catch you all next time.